Welcome to Crossbridge. My name's Kevin, and I'm the lead pastor here. Hey, I hope that uh, you were able to actually tune in last week as well. I thought Pastor Phil did a tremendous job. I want to welcome those in Peru with Pastor Kevin. I want to welcome those in Morris with Brian. I want to welcome everyone who's listening online uh, with Pastor Sherry. We are thankful to be one church in multiple locations. This week's a little different. In fact, at our physical campuses, you just listen to a song. Uh, for our online campus, I want you to check out that song. Uh, you're going to be able to click on the link in the notes uh, as soon as this message is over today. But the truth is that song really spoke to me. Uh, the last couple of weeks, I've been listening to it over and over and over. And as I thought about what to preach today, it just became apparent that I wanted to use this song. And I felt like the Lord gave me uh, a story from the Bible that I'm really excited to share with you. Before we go any further, though, I want to pray for us. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity again to share. I pray, Lord, that you would take your word and you would apply it to people's hearts and that, Lord, you would meet us here, wherever we may be, whether that's uh, in Iowa, whether that's anywhere around the world, whether that's Peru, whether that's Morris, that, God, you would meet with us, your Holy Spirit would speak to us, and we would listen. I ask for your help today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So what we have here is the story of Moses. Some of you may not know who Moses is. Some of you may. It's a really interesting story found in the book of Exodus, which is right in the more the beginning of the Bible. The Israelites are in slavery in Egypt, and uh, they're they're serving under Pharaoh. God has promised Moses to deliver them. In fact, he says in Exodus chapter 6, the Lord told Moses, now you'll see what I will do to Pharaoh. When he feels the force of my strong hand, he will let my people go. It goes on to say, in fact, he will force them to leave this land. You know, if, if as the story rolls on, what you see next is uh, um, the fire fell, right? And Pharaoh um, was a mess. In fact, he was hit with a ton of what uh, the Bible calls plagues, very terrible things that happened over and over and over. Things like um, tons and lots of blood and lots of frogs and gnats and flies and boils. Um, in fact, it was kind of interesting as I was thinking about this sermon, I saw in Florida this week that there's this outbreak of frogs. Uh, let's hope it's not fire, uh, followed by boils, right? If so, we're all in trouble. But Exodus chapter 12 says this, Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron during the night. And at the end of like all this calamity that's happened, he, he sends and he says, get out. In fact, he, he ordered, leave my people and take the rest of the Israelites with you. Go and worship the God you have requested. So then we find um, God leading Moses and the people, um, and he's taken them to the promised land, but he takes them. It's kind of an interesting thing in the story. He he doesn't take them the most direct route. He takes them on a detour. And and what he says about that, he actually says that uh, he doesn't take them the most direct route uh, because he's afraid they're going to encounter opposition, and he knows that opposition could cause them to turn back. But I, I thought, how interesting it is, right? May we be reminded in the midst of this story that God leads us. In fact, um, listen when I say this. God is never caught off guard by what is going on in your life. In fact, it says, according to the Israelites here, he led them by a cloud during the day, and then he led them by fire at night. 
In fact, you can see it throughout many stories of the Bible. God was leading his people. Now, let's, let's back up a second because I, I know this, and my guess is you feel the same way. Um, I would prefer to lead than to be led. Uh, I think to, um, in a sense, to surrender ourselves, to surrender control. Most of us don't just volunteer to just be led. Hey, give me a cloud and I'll follow it around. Give me fire and I'll follow it around. That, that we like to lead. In fact, it reminds me, um, many times um, my wife and I, we get in friendly arguments, I'm going to call it that, in the car, right? Because um, when I'm driving, one of the things, uh, many of you, you probably use like navigation tools, right, on your phone, like an app. And uh, so I'll put it in, right? And it begins to tell me where to go. But the truth is, when I'm driving, I know it's not right, probably illegal, um, probably, (laughs) but I love to hold it, right? So I love to hold it in my hand because I like to be able to see the turn that's coming. I like to be able to see how many miles I have left. And so Rachel's always like, no, put your phone down. And I'm like, hon, I just want to hold it. Like, I just want to see it. So then what ends up happening is every single time, it's like hitting rewind and play, she takes my phone and then she holds it in the passenger seat. And there's something about that I just don't like. Like, because then I'm constantly like, how many miles? How many miles? Am I turning right? Am I turning left? How many miles? And I can't tell you how many times we miss the turn because she tells me at the last moment. Um, it is her fault and I'm sticking to it. But, but here's the truth. Being led does not come naturally. Now, scripture says, right, even in Deuteronomy, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He'll be with you. He'll, he will neither fail nor abandon you. How many times can you look at a spot in your life and you think, how did I get here? You know, one of the key lines in that song is it talks about being in the middle. How many times have you got to a place and you just think, how did I get here? And I don't like where I am. I, 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 Lord, I, I'm trying to believe that you've led me here, but I'm just not comfortable. I remember um, like six years ago, a little over, uh, coming to Crossbridge. And I remember like yesterday sitting in the office, like in the first couple weeks, looking out the window. And as I was looking out the window, I just thought, Lord, what have you done? Why did you bring me here? And I felt lost. I felt like I didn't fit. I felt like I was going to fail. I could go on. The list was, and I just, I just remember thinking, Lord, I'm, I'm not sure you got this all right. And now it's funny, right? I, I look back and I see how the Lord like had a plan. I, I see how he, he worked it all out. But here, here's what I know. It is so much easier looking back than it is looking forward. But I also know this, the longer I follow Jesus, what I've discovered is this. If, if I'll pay more attention in looking back and seeing how God, he led me from here to here and he led me from here to here and he led me from here to here, that the next time I find myself in the middle, it allows me to trust him more that he can get me moving forward even when I can't see the way forward. Listen to the next part of the story. It's in Exodus chapter 14, the first four verses, and here's what it says. The Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Order the Israelites to turn back and to camp by Epiphereth between Midgal and the sea. Camp there along the shore across from Baal-zephon. Then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They're trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I'll harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. That doesn't sound good. And I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. 
After this, the Egyptians will know that I'm the Lord. So the Israelites camp there as they were told. I, I think about this and I, I think about what Moses is hearing and I think this is terrible. If you're Moses, you're thinking, Lord, what are you doing? Lord, he's basically saying, I want you to go here and, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, like when you land there, um, everyone's gonna be a little confused, but here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna harden Pharaoh's hearts and I'm gonna send him, I'm gonna send him full speed after you. And, and what he's gonna do is he's gonna hem you in there and you're gonna be in a terrible spot, but don't fear because I'm gonna show my glory. Who wants to be in the middle of that story? Who wants to be Moses, right? There's even, um, I was thinking about this lately. Um, I, I work with obviously a lot of families and many of you. And, um, and one of the things that's hard as a pastor at times is I see when you get hemmed in a corner. I see when life kind of gets you to a place where you feel caught in the middle. And uh, even lately, um, a small group that I've been a part of for the last several years, um, there's a family that, man, they have gone through it recently, trying to, to figure out he's, he's had some sickness, very, very sick, and, he, and they can't figure out what it is. And, uh, and I feel so, like, I, I hurt for them. And, and part of it is, like, they are in this corner and I know that they're doing best to trust that the Lord can help like figure this out and the Lord can help them move forward, but it's a terrible place. The reality is that sometimes life just stinks and life leads us into these middle kinds of places where we can't see forward and places that cause us to be extremely uncomfortable. So here's the question. The question that I was thinking about even when I was listening to this song over and over, what do we do in the middle? What do we do when life stinks and we can't see forward? What do we do when we just feel like we're hemmed in on all sides and we feel like everything is collapsing and, and we don't see a way forward? Now, here's, I thought it was really interesting. In Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 12, I, I'm, I'm gonna kind of work through it slowly because I think there's some really practical things that we can do. Uh, and, and maybe what we can fight against, right? Because you, you look at this and you can kind of see what the people did. You can see the human response. And I don't think we've changed much. Here's what it says in Exodus chapter 14, verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked, looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. And then it says, they cried out to the Lord. You know, one of the things I think when we find ourselves in these situations that are sticky, in these situations that feel like there's not a way out, I, personally, here, here's, here's one of the things I have to do. I have to push down fear and anxiety. Fear and anxiety can overwhelm. The, the, the reality is that most of the time we fear things that never happen. We get anxiety about things that never come to pass. But the fear and the anxiety can be crippling in the moment. In fact, many times what fear does is it just causes us paralysis, right? In my own life, I've got a, I've got a good friend that's a counselor. And one of the things that he'll say to me is, Kevin, think about the less anxious way to respond. It's funny. Um, I, I've carried that sentence around for a long time because many times I'm in a, I'm in a situation and fear, fear starts to rise, right? Panic. And then I think, okay, what's the less anxious way to respond? Lord, help to calm me. The passage goes on and it says this in verse 11. And they said to Moses, 
why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? What stuck out to me when I was reading this passage this week is that word why. How many times do we get in the middle? And that's our first, first word. Lord, why? I have asked it a thousand times and I know that you have too. In fact, um, I think it's normal. But here's what I would say about asking why. I don't think why, uh, I, don't, I don't think God, um, I don't think he gets upset with us wrestling with doubts. I don't even think he gets upset with us asking why. I think what he wants though is that the whys would turn, his, turn us towards him, that the whys would not turn us against him. That oftentimes what happens is when we begin to ask why, we begin to turn our backs from God because we begin to assess blame. Instead, I think what God says is, why don't you bring those whys to me? Continue to cry out to me. Continue to make your whys part of your prayer because I can meet you in your deepest questions and your deepest doubts. In fact, um, Isaiah 55, we talked about this passage a few weeks ago, but it says this, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Don't you wish sometimes we could just plug ourselves into God's mind and understand what he's doing, why he has us where he has us, and what his plan is to get us out? I sure do. The next piece is verse 12 says, didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? And, and I said it very calmly, but I have a feeling it was more like, didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt, Right? And um, we said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. I, I listened to that and I thought, now that sounds like humans, right? That sounds like us. And so I think one of the things we're in, when we're in the middle is we have to keep in mind, right? To avoid the game of complaining and blaming. It, it just comes out of us. We find ourselves in difficult places and, and we just instantly, we want to turn south. Our attitudes, we want to turn south. Um, I was listening to the um, Ottawa Pirates basketball game. I know that's not going to be very popular in Morris today or LaSalle, Peru. And I know LaSalle, Peru beat Ottawa this year. Um, I, I do think that was a fluke. But uh, anyway, I better just leave that alone. Um, but here's what I would say. I was listening to the sectional game on the radio. And uh, I was so excited, and I thought for sure, like, they were going to pull it off. And then, like, in the third quarter, the, you know, the other team spread the gap. And Ottawa was down about 12 with about four minutes to go. I'm listening to it, walking around the house. And my kids, I, w- I won't say which one, Gerald, <coughs> but my kid, he, he kept saying to me, Dad, it's over. Dad, it's over. Like, why are you still listening? It's over. And I said, Gerald, it's never over till it's over. And, and then, like, two minutes to go, right? Ottawa had this, this major comeback and they pulled within two. And now I'm running up and down the hallways of the house, right? And I'm, I'm getting into it. And Gerald's like, dad, it's not going to happen. And I'm like, buddy, just, just like stop. Right. And then sure enough, like, right. They, they lost. And, um, and then he comes and he says, I told you so. I, I wanted to wring his little, ne- I didn't, but I wanted to wring his little neck. See, I think there's so many times, right, when it's those famous, like, I told you so. Those famous, like, we, we get in those difficult places and people around us, like, man, everybody starts to turn south. What would, it, what would it be like if we could avoid that? If God could help us to keep positive attitudes, 
when we're in the midst of the middle, in those places that don't seem like um, a way forward is possible. Now listen to Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory. Even though that was the shortest route, mentioned this earlier, right? The shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Man, this is so true. That when we're caught in the middle, I think one of the things that we naturally do is we want to turn and duck our tails and run. Um, You know, here I I have a, um, I got a little puppy uh, dog named Chica. She's about this big. And, uh, and it's so funny. Like there's times when I watch her and I mean, I can tell, I can tell whether she's been good or bad. Like when she's good, she comes up and she's wagging that tail and she's, and when she's done something, usually in the dining room that she's not supposed to, she will look at me. She drops her head and the tail goes down and she begins to walk away. You know, she knows, right? She knows it is not a good spot with me. And she ducks the tail and she moves. Here's, here's what I want you to hear from me. I believe more than anything, the Lord wants to give you strength no matter what situ- situation you find yourself in, not to move backwards, not to retreat, but to hold steady and to eventually move forward. I think so often we throw in the towel way too early. So often we quit whether that's difficult relationships, whether that's marriage, whether that's it's job stuff, whether that's, I think there's times where God wants us to hold steady, where he wants us to fight. And, and, and here's what I would, I would continue, right? Let's, let's think about it this way. So what does God want for us? If, if I continue that passage that I first started with you, Exodus chapter 14, here's what it says. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Now, I realize that is so much easier said than done. But I think the big picture would would be this. Don't be afraid. Don't be overwhelmed with fear. Trust in his power. Because the reality is, even when we're hemmed in, when God shows up, when his presence shows up, it changes everything. That he promises that in the midst of our weakness, he will fight for us. That he promises that it's not about us getting the glory. It's about him shining in all of his glory. And then I, I think there comes a critical point for us. We're, we're hemmed in. We're feeling caught in the middle. We're doing our best to push down fear. We're doing our best to keep a positive attitude. We're resisting to turn around and run. We're trying to hold steady. And listen to verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. I love that line. It goes on to say, when my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt, all of Egypt will see my glory and know that I am Lord. As I'm listening to this song the last several weeks, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just like you. I've, I've got times um, in my life, uh, things that are going on that I just think, how did I get here? 
and what is the way out. And in this passage, it was, a, it was a great breath of fresh air for me. Um, and I'm just passing on to you what I've seen myself is this, that I think there's times where the Lord wants us to have enough faith. It's so much easier to look back than to look forward, that we would have enough faith to look forward, that he would give us eyes to see into the dark, even when the future looks extremely dark. And then in a sense, we would raise up that staff of faith and we would lift it high. And we would say, God, I'm going to trust you that if you're here with me in this place, that we can do this, that you can fight for me, that I can stay calm. What is it? Here's the question today. What is it that you're facing that is back to you in the corner? What is it that you're facing that you feel caught in the middle? What tempts you to fear, to doubt, to complain, or to retreat. May you reach down and pick up that staff and may you raise it with faith believing that in the midst of your weakness that God can show his glory. It's not really about you. It's about God who lives in you, working through you to display his power and his might. At our campuses, um, our worship teams are gonna come and they're gonna sing that same song they sang just a little bit ago. And for our online campus, I encourage you to go to the link in the notes uh, when this is done. And I want you to listen to the words and I want you to focus on them. In fact, I would love for you to sing them. I would love for you to pray them. Make it the expression of your heart because here's those words again. Can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know here in the middle is the place where you promise to be. As I walk now through the valley, let your love rise above every fear. Like the sun shaping the shadow, in my weakness, your glory appears. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Come, Holy Spirit. I trust the Lord is in this place. And he wants to minister to you today. I trust that as he talked to me through this song, that he can talk to you as well. And this is your chance to respond to his voice in your life.